On today's episode of the Profitable Practice Podcast, I brought on a very special guest who is literally going to change the way you have set up your entire business flow. This is an absolute must listen to episode, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast with me, Andrea Maxim naturopathic doctor turned healthpreneur and every week i'm bringing you no nonsense no bs actionable strategies to create a practice that is not only profitable but fully sustainable by you if you're an action taker like me and want to create a practice that is profitable then you've come to the right place Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast. I have been looking forward to this interview for about two months since I saw your post on a Facebook group. And I think the way you have set up your practice, in fact, since reading that is a new approach that we're trying to take with our business this year. So I am just so happy that you're here. And before we continue, would you mind just introducing yourself and giving people a bit of a background as to how you've just completely restructured your business and you're just being so successful right now and I couldn't be more happy for you. Well, thank you. I'm so honored to be here as well so, and to officially meet you. That's cool. Um, so yeah, I, I graduated or I sorry, I got licensed uh, November 1st, 2018. So just a little bit over a year ago. And as soon as I finished CCNM, you know, we did our clinical year. I was always taught and told that, you know, naturopaths, we don't go into this for the money. We're not going to make a lot of money. You know, you're going to make maybe 40K for the first few years. And that was kind of ingrained in my brain until, you know, you're looking at your OSAP bills, you're looking at your line of credits, and you're like, there has to be a better way to do this. Like, there's got to be a way that I don't have to spend 10 years building a practice in order to be successful and like make the money I want to make, have the impact that I want to make. Um, so right out of school, I jumped into like learning everything I could about, about business and like building a practice and using sh- social media so that by the time I was licensed, I already had the ground running. Like I already had a whole network. I had an audience. I, I was really clear on who I wanted to work with. Um, so that just allowed me to tackle the day I got my license until I guess I'm about 15 months later, full speed, like no, no limitations doing whatever, whatever I could to get to my goals. And was that your initial intention was to graduate school, take a bit of a break to build everything up and then get your license? Did I understand that correctly? No, that would from May to November is how long it took Kono to give me my license. Gotcha. <laughs> so, you know, Mplex, all of the uh, exams we had to do, and then all the hoops we had to jump in order for them to give it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little period of time where there where I was wondering, should I get my license? I had like multiple conversations with people that they said, you know, it might be more profitable for you not to get it and to go this way instead. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was about two weeks behind everyone else in getting their license because it was about two weeks of thinking about it and saying, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to try. I'm going to mm-hmm. see what I can do and, and try and do this thing. <laughs> awesome. Now, the first question that comes to mind is, 
what was your strategy? What was your social media strategy being that you didn't have your license yet? And at least in Ontario, if you even mention that you're a naturopathic doctor at all, before you get that license, you will get a massive slap on the hand. Mm -hmm. So just describe um, the resources that you used and what your intentions were that you set out in social media. Totally. The first thing that I had to do was get very, very clear on the person that I wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. And I think they say the riches are in the niches. So the more that you can niche down, um, the more money, the more impact you can make quickly. So when I first was figuring out who I wanted to work with, I knew it was women. I knew it was younger women, but I thought it was like women's wellness. I thought I was going to just solve wellness, right? Nobody cares about wellness, which is a hard lesson I had to learn. And Throughout those four months, I'm going to say it was me just getting super clear on this, this woman that I loved working with. And I based her on who I actually really enjoyed sitting down and talking with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what keeps me going in the practice. You know, when you're seeing a lot of one-on-one patients, it can be very draining, especially if you're not talking to the person that you love. Mm-hmm. So I got really clear on, on her and then fixed my language to match hers. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is when I first started, the way that I was speaking, we have this a lot of education, right? We often talk like clinicians. Yes. For me, I talk like a 50-year-old woman. So I was attracting online a lot of menopausal women who awesome, but it's not exactly my perfect person. Mm-hmm. So then I had to switch my language. I had to start talking like a normal 28-year-old girl who says some slang, who doesn't care about the clinician talk, just wants to have a normal conversation with like girls, like girl talk. So that's what I spend about four months doing is just perfecting that and posting on social media and doing stories and doing lives and seeing what resonated, mm-hmm. what was getting people to DM me and, and start a conversation um, in our like private messaging. And so that was, that's, and that's still continual work. I'll do that every single yeah. month. Saying, what is she saying? What do I need to say to help her? Now, With that, and guys, this is something that we teach in the Maximize Practitioner program all the time. This is something that even I'm learning, and it took me eight years to learn what you just said in in five months that you learned. So I am just so amazed by this, but it also shows how important this really is. So when it comes to your content, how are you posting? Because here's the problem that a lot of our listeners have is they create the social media calendar based on just random things that they think people are going to like that are going to be a splattering of just information, exactly like you said, on wellness. So I'd love to hear how you're actually putting together your copy. Is it story form? Is it really quick, short, um, like short one or two sentences? Is it like a really long, massive post? What did you find your audience really connected with you the best? I'm a long poster. (laughs) I'll write like paragraphs. And often when I, so what I do is I have a Google doc, everything gets saved in Google drive. Mm -hmm. If you don't have Google drive, Google calendar that runs my life. So I'll have a a doc going and I'll do weekly. And so the first thing I do is, is brain dump, like Mm -hmm. everything my possible girl, my avatar wants to know about. And I've narrowed it down to, for me, it's metabolism, hormones, inflammation, stress, what to eat, how to exercise, Mm -hmm. like hormonal stuff. Um, and so I write really, really long captions. This is only what I do. I'm starting to gear away from it now because I'm tired, <laughs> but sure. right. It's, it's, it's a lot to write long ones like that, but that's how I started was just write, 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 write. And I'll do, I call them like 13 pieces of content that I'll do. Um, the most important ones are value. 
So giving a lot of value because you want to show these people that you're an expert. They don't care that I'm a naturopathic doctor. You know, at the end of the day, they want to know, can you help me? Right. It definitely helps. We definitely get bonus points being doctors, Mm -hmm. of course, but that's not what's going to draw someone in to my world. It's, it's them knowing that I have the information and I'm willing to share it with you. Mm -hmm. So like the main mission in my business and how I, I think I've been able to build so fast is value first. Can I show these people that I know what I'm talking about? Um, so I'll usually do that as one style of post and I'll do like three ways to what do they want? Five ways to this, things you should stop doing. Um, usually three to five tips max. That's one strategy. Other thing is storytelling. You got to be able to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell stories about my life, um, things that I've been through. I'll tell stories like almost like a case study. We can't yeah. do testimonials, yeah. but I can certainly share a case study about how female had X, Y, and Z and how we overcame that in order to get X, Y, Z. So a lot of storytelling, um, inspirational posts, mm-hmm. 5% of the time, mm-hmm. right? 5% because I want to make them, I want to invoke an emotion when someone's reading something online. So those are the three big ones I'll do. Like, think there's any other, I'll share my method on how I help people. So I'll talk a lot about um, McPherson method, which is a essentially a brand or identity I've built up. Yeah, so I'll talk yeah. about that and how I help people get, for me, it's weight loss, balancing hormones, stress management, improving energy. And there's a few things that I'm taking away from this conversation that I want people to make sure that they're listening to. When you niched down, you basically niched in on an age and you're helping all of the hormonal issues around that age. So often when we hear niche down, we think, oh, I have to niche down to one particular ailment or I have to pick one particular person and just talk to them. And this is why I just think it's so powerful for people to understand. Niching, yes, how you niche is not nearly as pinpoint specific as you think that it needs to be. Because 28-year-olds is a massive population, but yes, their language is going to be completely different than a 50-year-old. So I think that's really important to drive home. The second um, question that I want to have for you is when you are delivering this content, are you doing a long caption with an image? Are you doing a long caption with a video reiterating what you're saying? I would just love to hear the sort of creative dynamic that you're using. Totally. We always do long form with an image. Mm. Um, The process is quite intense. (laughs) So my partner, Kirk, maybe once a month, maybe two times a month, we go out and we batch a bunch of pictures. Mm-hmm. Like me running around in the forest, there's usually a fight. <laughs> and, <laughs> right? It's intense. I don't like having my picture taken. He doesn't know what he's doing photography-wise. Right. We get it done. Right? We just get it done. Um, so that's what I've done. The biggest thing, especially online, is you need to let these people know your personality. Mm-hmm. So that means, you know, if I'm wearing track pants every day, my hair is like this, people will see that. I'm not going to get dolled up for my photos. So right. most of the time, but it's, it, we always do picture and then, and then a caption. I have done videos. I'm moving into YouTube now, but as for Instagram, Facebook, I generally haven't done videos yet. And based on your target demographic, what I've been telling my students is if you are targeting your demographic, so we're like millennials, Gen Xer, not Gen Xer, Gen Y, I guess it is, or Xennials or whatever you want to call them, they're more Instagram followers versus the older population is Facebook. Have you found that to be true based on who you're targeting? Totally. Yeah, I have found that to be quite true. I still run a lot of Facebook ads and um 
will target them to both Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. It depends. You'll get the odd person that's always scrolling through Facebook, but since Facebook and Instagram basically are, yeah. are one identity now, um, I would say yes. But what I found right now is I'm moving into TikTok because my 30 year olds, they're on TikTok now. So ah, got you. People, they move quickly, especially with uh, our attention being so small. Like I got to capture someone's attention in about five seconds. Perfect. And um, Facebook, I find it's hard to do that as being very saturated now. So, but if you're looking for an avatar that's 40 plus, they're on Facebook. Yeah. Now let's talk about your CTA and your call to action. Cause this is really the, the biggest reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because your business is completely virtual. And I loved in this post and honestly, this post like caught my eye. I don't often scroll through feeds and your post just jumped out at me. And you said in, what was it like? not even 12 months, you paid for your wedding, you paid for a trip, you paid off all of your student loans, blah, 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 blah. It was just amazing to read. So with these posts, I know we're adding value. I know we're giving um, sort of like health tips and showing your personality. How often are you actually getting people to take an action? And what is your sort of business strategy from getting them off of social media and into whatever it is to get them into your virtual clinic. Totally. Yeah. So my, my end goal is get them onto a call. Um, so you can call them a sales call. You can call them a discovery call, breakthrough call. I will do a 60 minute 45 now, but 45 to 60 minute free complimentary call before someone even works with me. Cause I want to make sure they're the right type of person. Um, so the end goal is getting them onto that call. So I kind of worked backwards there on what do I need to do to get person on call, good quality person. One of my strategies that I'll say is at the end of my post, I'll say, send me a message, DM me. If you felt all of these things, send me a message, like DM me essentially. Yep. And so what we're doing is getting the person from, you think of social media as this big wide space, like everyone's posting on there. There's a lot of things. And so I say, send me a DM to make them take the action to actually message me. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're looking through my things. They're being like, oh my God. The best compliment I can ever get from anyone has nothing to do with if I healed them, right? Naturopathically, it's you spoke directly to me, right? You are saying what's in my head. So I'm looking for those words and then they push to a message. Once I get them into a private message, one, it shows me commitment, but also means that they're very, very serious. They want my help. And so I'll have maybe like five back and forth conversation about what's going on. What do they want? Are they willing to invest in themselves? Do they want help right now? And then pushing to call. Mm -hmm. um, the other way that I'll do this is now through a webinar. So having a funnel, right? I have something that's working back end in my business that I don't have to do anything for. So it's having a funnel and I'm pushing people either to a free guide or most importantly for me, it's my webinar. So my webinar is like a 60 minute training explaining exactly who I am, what I do, how I can help people, giving lots of value but also showing them the vision of what's possible for them if they actually take action and get the help that they need. So big thing is pushing people there and at the end of the webinar, push to call. Mm -hmm. So they're Same going to free this. guide, push to a call. My free guide will send them to the webinar. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's kind of like step by step. <laughs> and that's it, right? It's either DM to a call free, um, free guide to a webinar, to a call or webinar, to a call. And that's it. That's it. Guys, simplicity is where 
your business will run the most efficient. She has her social media strategy on the front end. She has three possible ways that you can start to work with her, and that's it. Do you have any other lead magnets that you use other than your free guide? I didn't even have a guide until a month ago. Oh, it got was you. a webinar, and you're so right. And what I say to a lot of people I see struggling is you've got to make it so simple. In my head, it's only get them on that call, whether it's a 15-minute or whether it's a 60 get them on the call. What do you need to do? And I just broke it down into very simple steps and I focused all my attention on that. Yeah. Now let's start about, or let's talk about how it started because where you're at now, you've been doing this for over a year, right? And it's only now that you've stepped out of the back end. And that sounds wonderful and everybody wants to get there, but you can't start that way. You can't skip steps. You can't just jump ahead and, and have everything on evergreen. It just will not serve your business. I'd love to hear how things started when you first said, okay, this is what my new strategy is going to be. This is what I want people to do. Hop on a webinar or a call with me. Tell me how that all went down. Because I'm sure how it started in the beginning is not how it rolled out six months later, is not how it rolled out nine months later. No, uh, it really just broke, I broke down each piece into what I needed to do to get there. So like building the webinar, so it was more avatar research. So what does my female want? What does she think she wants? And what do I need to give her? So you always want to, you know, essentially, what do they say? Like give them what they want or give sell them what, them what they, they need. need. Yeah. Or, yeah give, sell them what they want. Give them what they need. What, yeah, exactly. So what does she actually want? And diving into that in order to build out what she actually needs. Um, one of the first things I did was build out my signature process. So I call it my protocol. Mm -hmm. Basically, so, uh, you know, niching down, I'm focusing on weight loss first and foremost, not because I wanted to do weight loss, mm -hmm. because they wanted weight loss, mm -hmm. right? So the lady that I wanted to work with always saying wants to lose weight. That's not the big problem. There's many, like we know weight loss is not, it's just a symptom, yes. but that's what she wanted. So it was listening to her developing what she needed and then creating my signature protocol in order to help her lose 30 pounds, get the energy, gain that confidence in her body. Um, and so I had to build out that first and foremost, like what does that look like? And then from there it was, basically posting to social media and then having them go through the funnel, having them go through the webinar and testing, testing, testing everything. So everything I do, spreadsheets and charts, like how is my webinar converting? How many calls did I do this week? How many did I convert? How much money did I make? How much am I spending? Facebook ads alone, you got to be very careful there because <laughs> the number will shoot up quite fast if it's not converting properly. And it's just been a big game of testing and perfecting, testing and perfecting until it's optimized and converting where I want it to. And then from here, the only thing different is I just turn up my ad budget. You could blow this thing up as big as you want once you turn that ad, ad budget up. Now, your very first, let's say your first week of doing this. So you have your slides ready based on what you think the audience is going to want. How many people, if you can remember this, showed up to your very first webinar? Oh, God. Um, I remember it, it was a big push. I want to say like 13. And like, how many people actually made it to the very end and actually booked a call with you? Do you remember? Oh God, no. Um, maybe, maybe six. I want to say usually, usually we hit about a 30 to 50% conversion on the push to call. 
Um, but I remember the first one being like, oh my God, I have 13 people listening to me right now. <laughs> Do not botch this. Do not botch this. Now I make as many mistakes as I want, but that first one was intense. The webinar we're talking about. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now I bet that the first one was like the most exciting because it was new novel. People hadn't seen that. Are there weeks where nobody shows up to your webinar? Are there weeks where you make no conversions at the end? Totally. Yeah. All the time. So I'll have like the one before Christmas. I did my, one of my last live ones. That one had nobody on it. Mm -hmm. Um, week before Christmas, probably shouldn't have run it, did it anyway. And it's not about being defeated. It's just, you know, continuing to show up and okay, what do I need to do to get people on, on the, the webinar? And I never think of it as like a failure. Like lots of people do webinars and then give up if people Mm -hmm. didn't show up for two weeks you know, I'm like, okay, how do I make them show up? I need a better incentive. I need more ads pushing them to show up. I need something to get these people on here. Um, especially with modern day society, it's hard for someone to commit to 60 minutes with you. Mm-hmm. So right now I've kind of realized I need that person in my world for a little bit longer than a month or two for them to commit to me and hanging out with me for 60 minutes. But yeah, there's been many, many weeks where there's been like two people, three people, no one booked a call. The next week, everyone booked a call. It's just trying to take all the stats and then average them out. And this is a very important piece. And, and you just said it so like easily, but I, I'm going to hammer it back to everybody, including myself. It is human nature that when something goes wrong, quote unquote, that we drop it. We don't ever want to repeat something that's wrong or hurts us or make us feel bad. This is the problem with business structure is that you try something once, it goes really well the first time, you try it again, it's a complete failure, quote unquote. And it's not that what you are offering is incorrect, it's just that that particular moment, people weren't interested. And then you do it the next week and there's like a shit ton of people that are interested. So what you're saying is every single week, so you did, let's give or take 50 webinars live over the course of the previous year and you tweaked every single time and you listened to what your audience needed every single time and you made improvements. And that's why I'm saying where you were at the very beginning is probably light years from where you are now. And so what I'd like to ask you is what did you find to be the biggest aha moments? And you're like, oh, this is what I've been doing wrong. And then that little tweak kind of made a big difference or, oh shit, my slides are set up this way and they should have been this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my biggest ahas, I, my biggest aha moments have always come from my sales calls. So having calls with people and then writing down everything they say and taking those words and putting it back into the webinar. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause in that webinar, I'm really trying to kind of take them through the psychological journey of what they're going through and that I understand. And, and so it's putting those words back in over and over and over again until like now the comments I get was like, Oh my God, how did you know this? How did you know this about me? Right. I've never been 250 pounds, but like I can understand and I empathize and I, I truly know what they're going through from talking to so many people about it. Uh, that was one big aha. The other big aha was being careful to not over teach, right? Like teaching way too much and giving out. I know I just said give out value, but when you're giving so much free things for people, mm-hmm. they're not going to take action and it's not going to help them. So it's learning about how to give value and how to 
coach and help somebody, but not teach them everything because that's not serving them. Mm-hmm. And I think my third biggest aha was exactly what you said. Failure is never failure. It's only feedback. I can't even tell you the times that I have royally screwed up and lost thousands of dollars and messed up something so bad that you would be so embarrassed and hide under a hole for like the rest of your life, social media, you know, going live and just laughing it off and taking nothing seriously and being like, whatever, (laughs) whatever. And so those are the three big things that I, my big aha moments and learning to do over the last year that I think has got me this far this fast. Now, there's a few things that I can feel as I'm listening to you that I know our audience is feeling at this point is time, tech, and money. <laughs> so those are going to be the biggest, um, what's the word, uh, objections that people are going to have to this process. It sounds so simple, but it also sounds like you are monitoring a lot. You're putting a ton of work into it. For those people who are, well, we haven't even talked about how many hours you're actually treating these people. We're just talking all about the front end. I would love to hear about what's the sort of time commitment that you had to put in place to do the social media and to figure out how to get people on your webinar. And then your webinar is once a week for 60 minutes and then the calls and everything else, let alone actually treat these people. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the goal is to make everything a process and, and efficient as possible. Everything that I do is efficiency. If it's not efficient, I change it. Um, so yeah, it does require, I mean, I work a lot. I love working. One would say I'm quite obsessed with it. Um, so I'll spend quite a bit. I would spend maybe over 40 hours a week just on my business alone, but that includes maybe researching business strategies, marketing, copywriting, all that stuff just to keep going. I know a lot of people don't have that that time. If you don't, hire a mentor, first and foremost. Get someone you like, hire a mentor because they know they're going to teach you what to do. Um, so time-wise, now for my business, I can hire people that already have a process. Like if I have a process in place, I can hire out and pay someone, you know, minimum maybe 20, 25 hours. I, I spend $25 um, an hour to get someone to look at the stats and do those things for me. In terms of social media, it's about an hour a week, but it is my business. If I didn't have social media, I would be screwed. Mm -hmm. So I would spend about maybe an hour, an hour and a half a week doing that. And then, you know, I'm at a point where I was able to take my live webinar and now push it to an evergreen. So people can pick five different times a day and they can go on and watch my pre-recorded webinar. So everything that I've done over the last year is to make it more efficient and so I can work less. My goal, Mm -hmm. 25 hours a week and still being able to build a million dollar business. That's my goal. So, so it's efficiency oh, processes. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, how about the tech side? So what is all the tech that we're using to make this happen? Yep. I use two platforms. One, ClickFunnels. I consider it the engine of my business. I don't have a website. Let me clarify. I have a website that was built by some random person while I was in school that I try to now push to my webinar. So website, consider it non-existent. And so I use ClickFunnels for everything. My lead magnet, my membership site, my webinar opt-in, my sales page, my checkout pages, all of that is is ClickFunnels. And then I'll have, um, I have an email software. So I use ActiveCampaign. Automations. So again, making the process super smooth so I don't have to be doing these things. ActiveCampaign, in my opinion, is one of the best that I've seen. 
And those are basically the two main platforms that I needed at the start. I have a, I have a few others now to make things mm-hmm. more efficient, but those are my big guns, just those two. How about the webinar training? Where is that hosted? Zoom. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Easy breezy. Zoom. <laughs> and so are you using the same meeting link for every single webinar or every week you're switching out the meeting? Same, same link for Zoom. I use the same webinar link. Now I use EverWebinar. So yeah. in just in the last month, I've switched to EverWebinar. But before that, it was the same link and the same automation. So ad would run to a ClickFunnel link. They'd opt into the webinar at ClickFunnels, which would automatically push them into active campaign in which they go through a sequence. All I had to do was show up to the live webinar once a week. Mm-hmm. Everything else was being done for me. So the final thing is the money, right? And Facebook ads to the majority of people, it just makes them shudder and hide and want to like barf in the toilet or whatever the physical reaction is. So how was that setting up your Facebook ads and what was the spend that you started with versus where you are now? (laughs) So I started at about $5 a day. I was so scared to start because I was coming out of CCNM with $120,000 of debt And I had to move in with my parents. Like I had no money and I was like, okay, I'm going to spend $5 a day on this ad thingy. And what I did was as I made anything, I put it into my Facebook ad budget. So one client into Facebook ad and, you know, built that up very slowly. But when things are converting, you'll see that I'll spend a hundred, I'll make 200. Mm -hmm. So once I figured out they're converting well, I test one Facebook ads all the time. I always have a new idea and I put it out there and I test it. Um, So I'm quite liberal with spending at this point, but it was slow. So $5 turned into 10, that turned into 15. As I'm making more money, I'm like, okay, keep putting it in, get that return. Um, Till I'm at a point right now, I spend about three grand a week right now, and that's going to be going up to five grand, five thousand dollars in one week in order for Facebook ads. Um, but I know what I'm doing, and I can mm-hmm. see the the benefits, and I'm getting my return back quite quickly. But that took me a year mm-hmm. to build up there. And again, and never it's a, them off. <laughs> a year of weekly webinars of weekly. Um, metrics of weekly changes of weekly everything. And so again, people are always grasping for, well, I want you at 12 months from now, but a year is a really long time and it is a massive commitment. And I've definitely tried something where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do a Facebook live once a week and I do it for (laughs) one week and then I never do it again for months. So, you know, you have to understand, and I'm talking to the people that are listening is you have to understand the amount of grit and commitment and 100% exactly like what you said, Alicia, like this is your business. If you don't show up to your business, your business won't show up for you. And so for you to go from $5 a day, which is 200, what is that? Five times seven is $350 a week to now aiming for $5,000 a week. There's a lot of work that goes on between where you started and where you are now. So I just want to applaud you for creating such a simple strategy and of course having it pay off because you're just so dialed into this one particular strategy. Outside of this, you get them on a call, you figure out if they're the right fit. How many people would you actually, like percentage wise, say, no, we're not the right fit, sorry, or yep, let's get started. 
We have a pretty extensive application process at this point. So we did it at the start. My first goal was get on calls with people. If you can sell, you can do anything, right? If you can sell and not just hard selling, you, you think of salespeople being like hard seller, cold selling, like you almost grungy. I don't think of it like that. I think of it like, I'm going to help this person. Do they want this help? And how can I show them that, that I'm going to help them? So it came from doing like, calls and calls and calls and calls. And once I had an overflow of calls, I put an application process in place. Mm -hmm. So they have to apply. They have to see if they qualify for the actual call. So they'll write a little bit about them, what they're struggling with. And so I'll kind of see, am I a right fit for you? Once I get them on the call, usually I'm going to say 95% of them are perfect at this point, but whether they can afford it or they'll have spousal objections, you know, time commitments, things like that. And so I'll say on the call, I average between 50 to 70% that will agree to do something of mine, whether that's working one-on-one with me, whether that's getting some sort of educational material from me, whatever it is, um, they'll essentially buy into what I'm offering. Got you. And then what does it look like with you training these people? And again, you are 100% virtual. You are a licensed naturopathic doctor. How is that possible with regards to telemedicine and what some of the rules and regulations are? Yeah. So basically, Kono, you do have to be careful with things if you're outside of Ontario. I know most provinces will allow us to do telemedicine. Some will have the rules on you have to see a patient first, if physically. Um, Ontario, we don't have that, thankfully. It, it, it's I believe a few years ago it was that, but now it is not. Um, It's just knowing when to refer. So being very open and honest about like, hey, I can't actually see you. You do need to go to see your medical doctor or here's a naturopath. I refer to other naturopaths all the time, Um, especially if it's something outside my zone of genius now. Mm -hmm. If I'm focusing weight loss, hormones, all of this, I do want to stay in there. So if someone's got eczema or something else comes up, I'm quick to say like, here is an ND, especially if you have to see them. The other day I referred someone for acupuncture. These things we obviously can't do (laughs) virtually. Manips, stuff like that, I'll I'll refer. Um, Thankfully with my my niche, weight loss, um, and even hormones, all of that can be done easily online, talking to a patient via Zoom so you get... um, a compliant Zoom profile and so that you're able to speak with someone like this so that you can see them face to face. Um, And I have like lots of charts that I'll use, assessments that they'll fill in and send back to me. And it's just being very good with charting and like charting that it is a virtual consult. Mm -hmm. You're not seeing the patient. And if there's anything that seems red flag or you should refer, it's making note of that um, and and letting the patient know. But thankfully, the, the niche I'm in, but even a lot of other you know, unless you're doing a general practice, other niches can make this like happen. Um, It's just being very clear about what you want to do and and making sure the patient has the best possible care as as you can provide. And all in Ontario, all of your patients are local. All of my naturopathic patients are local. And then for things that are outside of Ontario, I have a, a private like a sports nutrition license and a functional medicine license that I'll be able to take people on via like my, my protocol that I just sell as um, passive income. Mm-hmm. But when they come into that, they're also signing a contract. No doctor patient relationship is being established. This is educational only. So that's a very clear line that I'll have if someone wants to do something of mine that's outside of Ontario. I have um, separate insurance for that and a separate designation for that. Got you. Amazing. 
anything else that you think is really important for the listeners to know if this is a model that they want to start embarking on or if this is a model that they even want to start as sort of like a side hustle to see what the hybrid could actually look like? What is the best piece of advice that you would give to people just thinking about getting started? Using social selling, like social media, even if you wanted, like when I started and I just built up my clinic practice, it was all social media. So it's getting online, getting consistent, and please do not write like five tips to increase water or, you know, very general stuff like that. It has to be specific to your person. So I would recommend interviewing someone who is perfect, like your perfect ICA and getting on, getting on social media and posting as regularly as, as you can and making it fun and showing up as yourself, not as a clinician, like not as a doctor, just as a person. Um, because I think that's the fastest way to get success, whether you want to build a one-on-one practice in a clinic or you want to go virtually. It's game and changer. how often are you showing up on social media? Every day, <laughs> every day. I used to post every single day. Now that, you know, I'm not necessarily in growth mode for social media, I'll post um, maybe three times a week. Stories, I try to show up every single day. Facebook Lives, I try for twice a week. Like you mentioned, that sometimes goes down to one, Mm -hmm. which goes down to zero. But I I have a, I'll write out my social media strategy, knowing that it's it's the most important thing I can do for my business. And then I try and show up there um, according to my strategy. And then I dish out. So my Facebook group, which has about 3,000 people on it, someone else does that for me. So I can kind of step outside of that and, and have someone else run it. So you can get to this point that you have community managers and people doing the things mm-hmm. that you don't have to be doing. Now, this is new. We haven't talked about your Facebook group at all. So describe to me how that fits into your funnel. That is basically a way to allow people to know me a lot quicker. So if you've got a Facebook ad going out and these people are opting in into you, they have no idea who I am. I'm targeting people across North America right now. Um, So even if you're targeting in Ontario, they still don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. So when someone comes in, they get their free thing, whatever it is, or the opt-in to the webinar. But then I need them to get into my Facebook group and I need to pump content in that group so that I'm always front of mind. Mm-hmm. You want to lose weight? Oh, obviously I'm going to go to Alicia. I'm not going to go to Noom or Weight Watchers or Bernstein's. We're going to Alicia because I see her every day. Right. Um, I know her. I know her family. Everybody in my life has kind of created this persona. My partner, they know Kirk. They know my dogs. I update them on everything. So the group is just another avenue I'll do that's more specific to my niche in order to get them to see me as an authority and an expert quicker. Amazing. And then that's just kind of like a holding place and you'll still invite those people to your webinar or those people onto a call. And do you have a particular strategy of how to manage the Facebook group? Because here's the other thing is a Facebook group is a whole other beast. Like it is not something you can just passively grow and not engage. So let's end our call just by talking about that. And then any final words? Totally. Yeah. So it is a complete beast. My main focus was Instagram from the start. Um, so I said, I'm going to blow this thing up. And so once I've got to place I'm, I'm cool with on Instagram, we've been tailoring our focus to our Facebook group because one Facebook is pushing Facebook groups now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really important you stay on top of what Facebook does because they, ch- they change so often. Yes. But the group is a perfect place for all my, my ICA, my ideal client to go live. 
Um, so what we do in there, and I've kind of passed the torch on to my partner, Kirk. He's amazing with the Facebook group and he's been testing out new things. Polls do amazing. So mm-hmm. what do you guys think about this? Giving a poll option because people are quick to, to answer. Um, answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to think like what can capture someone's attention in 10 seconds? Mm-hmm. I'll ask a lot of one to 10. How are you feeling about this? One is I'm Zen master. Five is super stressed out. Things like that. I'll do a lot of things that'll say comment yes below if you agree. And people comment yes. You're just trying to increase that engagement there and make it feel like a nice tight community where you know your bunch of friends hanging out and engaging with each other. And then I'll do lives and and just talk about random random things. And people might not necessarily join me live, but the replay they watch later is quite high. And that's about it. Recipes, sometimes. <laughs> now, did you wait? You said you waited until your Instagram was big enough until you started your Facebook group or then you started pushing more content to your Facebook group. So my real question is, um, everyone is afraid of starting a Facebook group and having like five or 10 people just sitting there and being like, <laughs> oh my God, this is the worst. So did you wait until you had a certain number of following before you opened up this group so it was more advantageous? I don't believe I did. I would have started the Facebook group right at the start and I added friends and family. That's what I did. Friends and family, get a bunch of suckers in there that love you and they won't, you know, when you're messing up and you're writing things that don't make sense, they're just, they're still going to love you. Yeah. So friends and family in there, first of all. And so there was like 20, 35 people as soon as my ads were running on the thank you page of everything is mm-hmm. join my free Facebook group, join it, join it, join it. And that's just something that has been going on for the last year and a half now, since I first started running Facebook ads. What I mean by focusing my attention on it now is everything that I create. So when you create something for Facebook, it's completely different than Instagram. Mm-hmm. So what I've done in the past is only focus my attention on Instagram. And then because it's so easy, we'll just share it to Facebook mm-hmm. then copy and paste and share it to my group. Now that I'm going to put my attention more on Facebook group, I'm going to create things that are going to attract the attention of my group more so than, than Instagram. Um, but from the beginning, I was continually putting people in there and just posting like random content from everywhere else Mm -hmm. just so it was being fueled but not nurtured yes big difference yeah so just to finalize this point just so people understand that yes it is very easy to just cross share content from different platforms what would you say are the biggest differentials between how instagram talks and how facebook talks yeah for me instagram because it was a tighter community i was showing up on stories more they were getting to know me more so mm. my my lingo was a little bit more casual and fun and and you know girl talk like young girl talk like I'd say hey girl what's up like things like this I could do on Instagram mm-hmm. whereas it wasn't quite converting over on Facebook as much Facebook you still can but I can add things like infographics I can add things like recipes or little quotes that will do super well things that you can reshare on Facebook yes will do really well on Facebook the Facebook group you've got the option for polls you can ask questions you can do things that are so personal and kind of like back scene it's not just about content I can just take a quick picture of a um, a bar that I bought at Costco and post it in my group and get tons of engagement. 
I do that in Instagram. I get crickets. Right. Instagram likes like clean, cute pictures where, you know, it's very vibrant looking with awesome captions. They don't really care about the back scene. Like this is what I'm doing today, right? Facebook cares more about that. I find so my content's quite different there. Awesome. Yeah. Any final things, any words of advice, anything you can speak on about how you committed to creating this business, not knowing how it was going to turn out? Like we're talking to you a year later, right? Yeah. Oh, oh boy. It was just setting the why and why, what I wanted and what I wanted financially and impact wise and you know, my goal is to step on stages and be a t like speaker and do all of these, these things. And it was working backwards from there because when you've got your why set in place, it makes everything a lot easier when you screw up and your tech fails and you're up at midnight trying to figure out how to do X, Y, and Z or Facebook rejects your ads or like a client complains or patient complains, you know, it makes it all worth it in the end. And, and my mindset has been my biggest shifter in learning to be resilient and to be grit, have grit and hustle, but still stay empathetic and compassionate and really care for my patients. So it was developing the mind and, and not letting my limiting beliefs hold me back. <laughs> Amazing. I just, um, I'm just so thankful that you're able to come onto the show. And I hope a lot of people take this, basically we've given you an entire business structure in <laughs> under an hour so if people wanted to reach out to you specifically, what are some great ways for them to get in contact with you? Instagram is, is the famous Dr. Alicia McPherson is um, where I do most of my interacting, but Facebook page as well. Like I said, I don't have a website. So if you want to get a hold of me, it's, it's social media. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you again so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I don't know about you guys, but that episode was completely mind-blowing for me. And even I am going to be changing the way we are structuring our onboarding and our attracting of new patients into our office this year by doing Facebook Lives every single week, tracking which ones work, which ones convert, which ones don't, and just testing. That was the biggest takeaway from this entire episode is that you need to be constantly testing, repeating, testing, repeating, testing, repeating. And I commit all of you to do that for at least three to six, if not 12 months. If you want to reach out to us, if there's a way that we can help you offload a lot of the to-do work that I know is bogging you down, I want you to go to our website, maximizebusiness.ca, click work with me and book in your free 30-minute strategy call. We have complete, um, created an elite implementer program where we literally, our team, will do all of the to-do work for you, your graphics, your emails, your funnels, your campaigns, go through your slides. Basically, if you are wanting to level up on more webinars or live seminars and get that conversion from 0% up to as high as 20, 30, 50% or more, then you're gonna to need to offload a lot of the tech pieces that are involved and let my team do that for you. So go to maximizebusiness.ca work with me and click that free 30 minute game plan call and we will discuss everything that you need to do and that we can help you create when it comes to your massive growth that will happen this year. I'm Andrea Maxim and I'm out. 
You guys are killer. Thank you as always for listening to the Profitable Practice Podcast. Leave me a comment and if you haven't already, I would love a review in iTunes. Definitely subscribe to this podcast and leave me a quick review. For those ready to maximize your practice, contact me at www.maximizedbusiness.ca.